Welcome back, Dennison Callahan, 93.7 on your FM dial. Andy Brickley is sponsored by Norfolk Power Equipment and Kubota Tractor. Visit Norfolk Power today to enjoy money-saving year-end Kubota deals. Check out NorfolkPower.com for more. Good morning, Andy Brickley. How are you, my friend? Good morning, John. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Andy. Hey, uh, can you make a case that surviving a counter-punching contest with the Devils last night, back and forth on the scoreboard, is of more value to this team than one of those rocking chair 6-2 laughers we've seen recently? Absolutely. I think in this uh, six-game winning streak, this was the first game that when the Bruins pushed, there was a push back. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was impressed with the way Jersey played. I didn't think they were that good a team or that disciplined as far as being a physical group. But they did everything really heavy, really strong. Uh, Boston had to earn just about every inch of ice that they got. The good news was that Boston got better the deeper they got in that game. They had a strong third period, and their will to win in the third period was clearly evident. And uh, a team that's feeling ultra-confident right now. I know their record is still just two games over five hundred, but that 3-7 and seven record seems like a long time ago now. Hey, Andy, in the six-game winning streak, the Bruins have gone from 15th to 9th. Six spots in just nine days, I believe it is. What changed? What, what light bulb went on? Well, I think all the fans and media certainly will point to the goal scoring and a better productive power play and uh, the top two lines being dominant when they're on the ice. But we're really where it comes down to, the core change was in their own zone. They went back to being and reemphasizing a Bruins team that takes away the middle of the defensive zone and tries to keep everything to the perimeter to allow their goaltenders to get good looks at pucks and not allow second-chance opportunities. When they play that way, their counterattack game now really becomes more prominent. They develop more speed through the neutral zone once they have possession of the puck. They can establish their forecheck. They can score off the rush, and they become a more dominant team. That's where it all starts for the Bruins. It's easy to look at the goal scoring, but it's really a Claude Julian team that starts in their own end. Um, you know you know better than anyone, uh, Andy. Uh, what Are the Bruins the biggest and baddest team around? Are they the, the, the most violent team uh uh, in the NHL right now, uh, I don't know if that's the phrase I'd use. Jerry, violent. I it's, think it's a football. Really it's a football. It's a football word. What would the hockey term be? The the best hitting team. Aggressive. Uh, the toughest team to play against is a phrase that we like to right. use in hockey circles. Uh, but uh, meaning the same thing. Uh, they certainly are not afraid to engage. Uh, they have the reputation now in the league because they won last year and they played with a physical presence last right. year that if you engage the Bruins, if you challenge their manhood, if you want to out-physical them on the ice, that is a losing recipe for you when you try to play against the Boston Bruins. And sometimes teams come in and they try to just beat you with skill. They try to let the Bruins, uh, more physical guys, kind of sleep through the game and not get involved emotionally or physically. And that becomes a tactic when you play Boston because if you engage them and you kick the bear, uh, usually it doesn't go your way. That is the reputation that they have right now, and they've earned it. And we and we talk obviously we we know about Lucic, we know about you know Marshand and other guys up front. But does that not begin with the big man on the blue line? I mean, we watched him last night take a couple of guys out, and and you can't help but think about him if you're on the other team and you're skating down the ice and you. And you're crossing into the Bruins zone. Are you wondering when is Chara gonna? Uh, you know, when am I gonna feel the presence of Zdeno Chara? <laughs> when you play against a guy like Chara, you know, part of your game plan is uh, let's chip pucks behind him to force him to ha- go have to pivot, yeah. retrieve a puck, and make a play under a speedy forecheck. And when you watch them play against teams like Montreal, 
sometimes on certain ships that is very productive for the opponent. But you have to convince your forwards to go want to go in there and retrieve that puck and put pressure on Char. He's such an immense human being. He's such a physical guy. Uh, and I don't mean, uh, you know, outwardly. He's just so big and so heavy and so strong that he wears you down. And he doesn't. And he never wears down, right? He never gets tired. He, he never, doesn't. That's yeah. right. And he can handle 25 to 35 minutes a game. He's going to be on the ice in just about every situation. Uh, you know, he's not going to be the best player on the ice every night, but he's certainly a physical guy. He's not going to run around. He's not going to be the tempo setter, Jerry. You look more like for Lucic and Marshawn, Sean Thornton in the fourth line, the energy line. You look for those guys to feed off the emotion and the energy. That's where it all comes from. But because Jarrah plays so much and he's such an immense human being and you can't really help muscle him, yeah, he's a big part of the equation. All right, Andy, I need to understand the code here. How hard are you allowed to hit a wandering goaltender before you cross the line and piss somebody off? I wish I had an answer for you. Uh, you know, you check the rules and you say, what does the language allow you to do? They say, you know, it's not, uh, you know, it's not just open season on goaltenders well, when you out of that crease area, but it also doesn't say that you can't hit them. So you're going to have gray areas, and it's all a question of, you know, how do you legislate intent? And I think that really is what at the core of what was going on with the Lucci shit on Ryan Miller. My problem with that hit, and I'm assuming that's what you want to get at right. here, is is where was the response from Buffalo? A, the players on the Sabres must have thought, well, that wasn't such a bad hit, otherwise they would have responded. Or B, maybe there's a serious disconnect between the players and their goaltender, their star goaltender, because they had plenty of time. That was a first-period hit. Yeah, yeah. Miller finished the first period, and he played the second period. So, you know, my, my take was, well, the players on the Sabres didn't think that was such a bad hit, and apparently neither did the league. Well, now that Miller has said uh, it was a classless move and bitched about it in the locker room in front of the media afterwards, do you think this will be revisited when the Bruins and Sabres get together again? I guess you don't know, based on the fact that they didn't respond initially. Yeah, I don't know if classless was, was part of the description. I know gutless was in there. Gutless, that maybe was it's gutless, the yeah. Word. I, yeah, I would not have used that word if I was Ryan Miller, given the way the Buffalo Sabres did not respond. Talk about gutless. But, yeah, I, don't even, I don't even I'm know definitely why it's looking for something special on the 23rd when we're up in Buffalo. Certainly, the yeah, way that... Lindsey Ruff has approached this uh, this non-suspension hit, uh, he has definitely lit a fire under his team, right. and I expect some kind of uh, certainly a different response and a different kind of game from Buffalo when we're up there. That's always disappointing, though. You know, you like with Montreal and and, and Chara, you never get you know the the fireworks you expect. I don't even know what the problem is, Andy. Let him. If the goaltender comes out of the crease and tries to handle the puck, why shouldn't you hit him? I mean, he's got all the pads on. They're generally, you know, <laughs> tough guys. I mean, what's the problem? I'm with you on that, Jerry. I'm with you on that. Maybe we're a little too old school. I mean, if you watched the game last night, Brad Marchand had a little bit of contact, yeah. you know, with the opposing goaltender. The goaltender kind of fell down a little bit. That's a penalty. So, okay, that's the same two minutes that Milan Lucic got when he hit Miller in open ice. You know, so that that it it's... There's such a gray area when it comes to this uh, goaltender contact. They're trying to protect the goaltenders, but they're trying to allow freedom to go to the net as well in order to de- develop more offense. But if a goaltender wants to wander out tops of the circles to play the puck, as long as you stay within the rules and make contact, I like it. Wouldn't it be more fun if they could take them out? Just take them out of the play. The goaltender goes down, then there's no goalie in there. I mean, why not? What, what, what's the downside? You think Same reason you got to protect your quarterback yeah, in but, the NFL. But quarterbacks, you know, they're vulnerable. These guys have got more pads than anyone on Dino. You think, like, Patrick Roy needed protection? Did he need protection? Did, did Jerry Cheevers need protection? 
Well, it's all about uh, the the uh, you know, whether you're expecting to be hit or not. You know, how vulnerable are mm. you? That's the argument for goaltenders. But like I said, there's no language that says you these guys are totally off limits. If they're totally off limits, then you never expect to get hit. But I got to think Ryan Miller had to have thought that maybe he was going to get some contact from Lucic when he got to the puck first. Right. Uh, hey, Andy, last one for me. Uh, your opinion of the Marshan soap opera last night? Stupid penalty. He sat down, gets back in, returns and scores. Is is that we call that a teaching moment? Is that what that was? <laughs> <laughs> well described. Well described. That's exactly what it was. You know, he took two offensive zone penalties. You know, whether he agreed with the goaltender interference penalty and then away from the puck, really a meaningless, you know, roughing penalty. Right. It really served no purpose, and I know that's part of his game. But those are, the second one's a really bad penalty. You know, you're interested in winning the hockey game as well as playing to your strengths. But, uh, yeah, that was definitely a teaching moment. I love the fact that Claude sat him down, and you saw he had an opportunity to probably do address his teammates in the locker room before the third period, saying, my bad, that's on me, I'm going to get it back. And to get it back the way he did on that set play right off the faceoff in the third period was a thing of beauty. Does that, do they try that set play often, and does have you seen it work much? Because it looked brilliant. Uh, yeah, that's the second time that's worked this year to that kind of perfection. Lucic scored a goal very similar where he, you know, he peels towards the boards and then cuts back in right off the face. So if you got to win the draw, right. you got to make a perfect tape-to-tape pass, but it's a well-designed play. And if you can get some kind of offense from any face-off, no matter where it is, you know, in the neutral zone, in the defensive zone, you can have set plays in your own zone when you win a draw that leads to good offense, and obviously the offensive zone. So these are the things that you work on. It's uh, it, it can change games, it can change momentum, and it, it certainly did last night. Hey, can you settle a bet for us, Andy? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a hockey guy from way back. I seem to remember the Blue Jackets were an original six team. <laughs> Dino says no. <laughs> well, you lose. Oh, you sure? Can you? You don't have to look it up or anything. Uh, they might be uh, they might be a team on the move if they don't get things turned around in a hurry. I'll say that. Hey, yeah, they, hey, Brick, do you really prefer country western music to watching the Patriots game? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, I, I, I had a uh, – one of my buddies said he's going to go back some night when the Bruins are playing down there and make sure nobody's listening to music. There you go. You want to tell the story or should I? <laughs> we'll just let it lie. We'll let it lie? Yeah. All right, we'll take a break, and then we'll tell the story when we come back. It's called a tease, Andy. <laughs> yeah, 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 you don't have to listen, but no. we'll get to it. All right, Brick, good talking. Do you appreciate the time? Okay, fellas. Uh, Andy Brickley, our conversation with the Brick is sponsored by Norfolk Power Equipment and Kubota Tractor. Visit Norfolk Power today to enjoy money-saving year-end Kubota deals. Check out NorfolkPower.com for more information. All right, we told you. We'd give you tickets to the Bruins after Andy Brickley. Text the code word BLACK to 85850 within the next 10 minutes, and you can win tickets to see the Bruins take on the Blue Jackets tomorrow. Text BLACK to 850850, brought to you by the Stanley Cup champion Boston Bruins. Great seats are still available for when the Bruins face the Blue Jackets tomorrow night at the TD Garden. For tickets, call 617-624-2327 or online, bostonbruins.com. I'm wearing my Blue Jackets shirt tomorrow. My are hat, you? my shirt, my The cup. Columbus Ju- uh, Blue Jackets. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've been a fan yeah. my whole life. Yeah. I was a big Blue Jackets fan. I don't know why as a kid, you know, how you just take to just one latch team. Latch onto a team? Yeah, latch onto Kind of grow team. up just loving that team. Yeah, yeah. I'm one, I think it was uh, one of the Richards. Was it, yeah, was it Henri? Henri or... Uh, or wasn't a stastic, rocket wasn't or pocket rocket was with I'm pretty sure it was a blue jacket, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A legend yeah, in Columbus. Oh yeah, we'll tell you the Andy Brickley story Hayes when we get back. Richard, yeah. And uh, more <laughs> your phone calls. And when Dino's going to read all the texts and say they weren't an original six team, you idiot. <laughs>
We love it when Dunkin' Donuts introduces a new item to the menu because we know it's going to be awesome. This time's no different. The new Smokehouse Sausage Breakfast Sandwich at Dunkin' Donuts made with awesome Smokehouse Sausage from